Okay, okay. We're back again. <laughs> the L word was too big of a topic for us uh, on the last we episode. We thought we could handle the L word, but we were wrong. No, no. <laughs> it's a testament to how much we're into it and how much better it <laughs> is. And, and you know, that's good. We need something good. You're right. All right, this is Connie. I didn't say that last time. This is Connie, and I'm here with Becca. We are coming in for round two of our L word discussion. We had too much L word to to hold you guys There's over. never too much. Yeah. Well, we, they don't want to hold people over, you know. They got to work. They got to eat. They got to, you know, <laughs> shop. They got to do something. They can't just listen to us all day long. So we covered, basically, in our first episode about the L word, we covered the basics. You know, the old show... The new show coming back, what it was, who they brought back, who our new characters were, and a few of the um, storylines and opinions that we had about it. And we've got a few more we wanted to touch on, so that's why that's why we're back. And Beck, what's the what's the thing that you most want to talk about of the stuff that we didn't discuss last time? I most want to talk about Alice's life and where she is with this girlfriend, with this ex-wife. With this family that she is now in. Yes. Did you see old series Alex, Alice Piazeki being in any of this situation? Hell no. Me either. <laughs> also, what happened to Tasha? Oh, yeah. Remember Tasha? Yeah, I Didn't remember. Didn't they get engaged and, like, all that shit? Like, yeah. They were, like, really together at the end yeah. of the show. She, like, got out of the military and uh-huh. all of that stuff. So when when Alice shows up, and she's got a whole family that's not Tasha, I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't even do a callback or a, just a drop or a mention about Mm-mm. where she's at or what's. Uh, I mean, because we didn't get that with Carmen either, did we? For Shane, no. Yeah, well, but wait, Carmen wasn't the last person that Shane was with. That's true. Shane was with Jenny. Jenny, yes. And we did get to hear about dead Jenny. And she had a. Somebody in between there too, I believe, uh, wasn't. Uh, oh, what? that girl, the actress, right? Yeah, Sybil Shepherd's Nikki. daughter. She was well, Nick. Well, I don't know. We're getting confused on the L's. We're gonna get all out of out of See, whack again. The whole lesbian problem is <laughs> it's everywhere. Okay. All right. Anyways, so Alice, Alice is now dating Nat, mm-hmm. who has two children with Gigi. Mm-hmm. Which I love those names as, you know, mothers of children. That's just great. Um, <laughs> she started dating that, I want to say, probably like a year ago. Like, that's what it seems. They seem to be a well-established couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nat is very family-oriented, and she wants to bring Alice further into the family, make her more like another mother to these children, along with having also another mother. Mm-hmm. And the problem that they keep running into is that Whenever Nat thinks that Alice is going to do something for the kids, Gigi shows up and kind of tries to stay, like, in the kids' lives. And Alice is fine without, like, being that involved with the kids. Because she's she's never really been the paternal type. Like, she's just not. She's a free spirit. Exactly. She's Alice. <laughs> but Nat's like, no, we gotta we got to, like, get you in with the kids more. So then we see in, like, the second episode, Alice has to take care of the sick son. Which she calls in Shane. <laughs> yeah. And there was some really preposterous stuff happening in there. Like you've a got a kid pot? you've got a kid with an upset <laughs> stomach. I don't care. We've all thrown up. You don't have to have a kid to know what to do when you throw up. You go to the sink or the toilet or the trash can. 
Uh-huh. You don't stand in the living room over the very expensive suede couch and yell for someone to find something. <laughs> and then that person finds a crock pot. I agree. But at the same time, why did Alice find a crock pot? Like, girl, you got a bowl somewhere. Yeah. You have a trash can. Pick up the trash can yourself. It's those, you know, Alice and Shane shenanigans. I mean, <laughs> I guess. But we got some good Alice and Shane time, you know, with the sick kid. And then we see a really great chemistry kind of brewing between Alice and her girlfriend and the relationship with the ex-wife. Mm-hmm. There's something about Gigi within this entire, like, little, like, you know, scenario of Alice and her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That really, like, reads that, you know, Alice wants to have a connection with her. Yeah. And then she does. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> Alice was always kind of the one that was, you know, keeping the friendship connections going and wants everybody to be okay. Uh-huh. And so she slid into that role here of, you know, this person was really important to you and she's going to be around here and, and there's the kids. So you should be friends, you know, and she discovers that Nat doesn't have any friends. Like, not even other mom friends, she says. I can relate. (laughs) Yeah. So I think she's like, she has such good, deep, long-standing friendships that are important to her that she's kind of worried for Nat in that. And also worried for her vagina. Maybe she wants Gigi around for that, too. For her own. Exactly. (laughs) See, I think that Alice, even like in the first couple episodes, was like, you kind of got the vibes that she was kind of like into Gigi as a person. Yeah, she was in. She didn't know how far into Gigi she was. Yeah, even when. But we find out. (laughs) Even when Gigi is hammering nails into the doors and putting her rings on the outside because she's mad that Nat has a new girlfriend, I think Alice was a little turned on by that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we find out just how into Gigi she is at Shane McCutcheon's 40th birthday party Mm -hmm. when they have a three way in Shane's office. Yes. (laughs) That party scene, um, number one, it's in a newly minted lesbian or queer bar. Uh, Shane bought the bar and named it Dana's after our long lost cute. Dana. It was it was touching. It really was. I got a li- I got a little for Klimp there for a second <laughs> with it. Um, so I liked that. But that bar is the most lit up bar I've ever seen in my life. I also want to know. Because it was a sports bar. Yeah. Where the hell are the TVs? There were no TVs when they were in that sports bar. That's true. Yeah, I just got that it was like a weird bar, and until they said it was a sports bar, I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they said sports yeah. bar. There were no TVs. Well, she's remodeled it now. Okay, but I'm saying originally. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it is the most lit up bar, and it's kind of got a weird, like, tiki vibe. It's like a weird tiki meets a cheddars. Has anybody yeah. ever, ever been to Cheddar's restaurant? Yes. <laughs> or as my brother-in-law calls it, Chatters. Hey, they have some good chicken tenders. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's a weird, it's a weird place. But you know, it's certainly not the planet by any means. Okay, but how do the three-way just lead us to Cheddar's? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nobody that's ever eaten at Cheddar's has had a three-way. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody's getting really drunk at the birthday party. Shane's surprise birthday party. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with with that, all the inhibitions are are going down. And Alice then goes into full-on, like, 
instigator mode for Nat and Gigi. And there's some conversations around would Nat be interested in Gigi anymore? And then Alice gets the answer of yes. Like she says, do you know, Alice asked her, I think she said, do you want her? And she says, I want her and I want you. Exactly. So right there we have it. In 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 words, Nat agreed and Nat said it. Mm-hmm. She tried to fight that she didn't, but she said it. Yeah. As soon as, as she did that, and she's saying it a little, you know, sloshy, drunk, and, you know, Alice's mm. eyes light up, and I'm like, it's on now. It is on. Uh-huh. We we know where this is it going. Was very on. <laughs> we know where this is going. So that's starting to take off. At the same time, it's like everybody just starts to get like really amorous in the bar. We get a really nice dance scene with Danny and Sophie. With very tasteful side boob. Tasteful side boob. I was I was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> tasteful side boob on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. Connie phrasing. <laughs> Uh, it's one of my favorite things, the side boob. I mean, you know, <laughs> we're all adults here. We can say it. You know, there's yeah, certain spots. Yeah. Side boob is one. That little dip right in the side above the hip. That's yep. Yeah. I mean, side of the neck. Hey, come on. <laughs> you just like sides. That's what we're finding out. Like, Connie just likes sides. <laughs> so we're back to cheddars. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> They don't have side boob at Cheddar's, I'll tell you that for sure. Hey, but they got mac and cheese. <laughs> it's almost as good. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so things are starting to get a little sexy time at, at Dana's. And <laughs> then they just go right on and, and, and like, you know, it's the theme. Give us what we want. We go into Shane's office. Um, Alice is locking that door right up tight. And she knows it's on. Mm-hmm. And then... I'm just going to say right now, we need to go ahead and like, if they're, I mean, I don't think they're going to submit this for any Emmys. I'm not sure they're not, but if they are, let's go ahead and give right now the, is there gay stuff in an Emmy to the director of photography, the lighting, Mm -hmm. and whoever decided that Alice needed that blonde hair to be in contrast between Gigi and Nat in that scene. The light was the first thing that I really, because you know how I am. Yeah. I... Like, especially with Alice's hair, the glow of that blue light. Yeah. Because blue light's supposed to be very, like, cold. It, in contrast with what was happening in the scene, mm-hmm. was freaking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved it. It's, you know, I talked about this in a previous episode. It's It had, like, strip club vibes going on in there. With, you love a strip club? I love a strip club. I do. I mean, I look for that content. They had that kind of neon glow lighting in there, but yet it was warm and, um, man, I mean, and again, intimacy coordinator, I'm sure had to be consulted on that stuff, but there was, there was stuff going on in that threesome. Well, there generally is. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're not, it's a, it's a no-some. It's a no-some. It's you just sitting in a room with, a, with two other people. <laughs> so that was a highlight for me. And I feel like that Twitter went nuts on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that there's like people put it like in their journals or in their notes on their phone. Like, where was I when Alice Piazeggi had her threesome? Uh-huh. I want to remember this date. If there if there is a ranking of sex scenes on like TV shows, I would say we would put that in the god tier. 
Like it is. It is up top. It is yeah. it is gold. It is what people wish they could achieve. Absolutely. Because it wasn't just that it was like super sexual and like attractive. It was that the whole scene was laid out so beautifully. It was laid out beautifully. It was three characters that we like. Mm-hmm. It, it, they all have some sort of relationship. It, it wasn't, was consensual. Yes. For all of them. It wasn't a couple and a rando, mm-hmm. you know, which is what it seemed to be the norm for that kind of thing, I guess. And then we had the next morning. We get the... <laughs> we get... That's the thing with the L word. They give us the, like, hot stuff. But then they give us the awkward just as much. Yes. I loved the scene of the next morning. They wake... No, wait. First, we need to go back and talk about the direct after the sex scene. Them walking out to Shane's birthday cake where Shane's got the Shane I'm feeling very Shane today picture. Yes. On it. All with sex hair messed up as hell. Alice... I first noticed Alice's hair. I was like, her hair is fucked. And then Nat comes right behind. And her hair has just been kind of flat and straight. And it was all poofed out and, like, huge. And then Gigi's is just twisted all up. It was the best, like... And Bet and Shane not even reacting was the best part. They were just like, "Uh uh-huh. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. (laughs) But no, so the morning after. At first, you think... Like, they try to play it like Alice in bed with just Nat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're both sitting there and they're like, good morning. And then Alice asks how she's feeling. She was like, well, I'm okay. And you can tell something's kind of up with Nat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, they kind of pan the camera a little bit. And Gigi's also still in the bed. Mm-hmm. So this party moved locations. Yeah. It moved to their home where the children are who come a-knocking. <laughs> yeah. And we still got a naked Nat and Gigi. And so they're trying to get up and throw on clothes and Gigi in the middle of it's like, may I please lock the door? And Alice and Nat just look at her like, are you crazy? You didn't why lock- Why would it not locked? <laughs> and I love Alice's first response is to straighten the bed covers. I, I like that Nat's was to spray the room. Yeah. Yeah. But then the best part was, so while Gigi and Nat are freaking out about their children possibly seeing them. You know, together with the one girlfriend. Yeah. Um, Alice finds a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. Nightstand cake was her favorite thing of the whole day. She just, she had a great time. She just stood there and ate cake. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so we instantly get the feel for the fact that Nat's not okay. Um, she's bothered and kind of is rushing Gigi out. And then Alice has given us the, I'm, you know, the the talk to her, like, I was cool. I'm cool with this. Are you, you know? And she's like, Nat wants to deny that she started it. Like, that it was kind mm-hmm. of her idea. So she's having those afterthoughts. We we see a little bit more of it further into the episode of them in the kitchen, like, of uh, Nat, Gigi, and Alice all standing there. And I get where Nat's coming from. Mm-hmm. I think she feels bad about this happening. Because she so badly just wanted to be able to keep Gigi out of her life after Gigi screwed it up. Yeah, she makes a very good point. She says, you know, Gigi is like saying, I'm, I want you in my life, I, whatever I have to do. And, you know, I'm sorry I hurt you kind of thing. And Nat's point is like, you cheated on me and you're still here. And mm-hmm. you get to have everything. That's not fair, kind of 
vibe. Like, I totally understand where she's coming from with that. And I think that might be why when, like, they wake up initially that morning, she is very much like, I didn't start this. Like, I'm okay, but we shouldn't do that again. Mm -hmm. Like, blah, blah, blah. Because she does still love Gigi. Mm -hmm. Gigi screwed it up. Mm-hmm. Like she messed it up big time, right? And if so, it's not fair. She still gets everything, right? And if she does, does Nat think that that's somehow like that she's being a weak or a doormat or letting her come back in after doing these this horrible exactly. cheating? And also, she maybe a little tinge of doesn't want to share Alice. Exactly, because Alice is the good thing that she found. Yes, and and yeah, G- yeah. Gigi is very into Alice and. We already know that Alice seems to be into Gigi, so what do we know was coming back? The thruple. The thruple. They do work themselves around to deciding that other people do this, and it's a little short conversation they have about, you know, that could this be a possibility? And then later on in the episode, we get some actual negotiations, which I thought were pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> when Nat says, hey, you know, how are we... F- like logistically going to do this how's this going to work let's throw out some scenarios and she says to Gigi your mom calls Alice answers the phone how are you going to explain it Alice is like I would never do that and she's like why is Alice answering my phone (laughs) I love that that like little tiny moment of just like them each being themselves (laughs) yeah for sure yeah um and then uh, uh, Nat brings up the, she goes, red carpet. You know, she, you're going to go to events. Like, are we going to go together? Is it going to be the whole family? You know, uh, family gets thrown around the word a couple times in there. When, like, Gigi says she would tell her mom that Alice is part of the family. And Alice like, whoa, 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 whoa. too soon, yeah. too soon. Pump the brakes over there. Yeah. But, I mean, those are things you're going to have to deal with. I have to say that, personally, the idea of a thruple fascinates me. My wife would never go for it. I know this. I can talk about it in the safety of this podcast that she may or may not listen to. <laughs> Look, shout out to uh, the partners that don't listen to yeah. our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they support us. Yeah. From far away. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it fascinates me because I come from a sociology background. That's what I actually went to college for is sociology. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like interactions and especially small, like, boiler rooms type situations that's why i loved like this the season that everyone hated of walking dead where they had to get together to survive oh, I thought that was dope. on the yeah. farm that was my favorite season yeah. i like when people are in a situation they cannot get out of or that they need to make work and how they navigate that world so a thruple it's like the walking dead of <laughs> sex relationships i guess i mean sure <laughs> i guess i get that I don't know. I'm very, like, I, I know I've known quite a few, like, polyamorous couples mm-hmm. that are throuples, mm-hmm. like, consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works. It works really well. Mm-hmm. But. Gotta be the right people. I'm, exactly. I'm more fascinated with when two of the people are into each other, and then that one person that's in the middle out of those two is into the other person. But then, like, you know, it's like the triangle doesn't actually connect all the way around. Like, right. how does that work? Well, you know, I noticed something in that Shane's office threesome. Um, based on the way it was physically laid out and things were happening and the way we were seeing people's faces and stuff, you would think that based on past relationship that Gigi and Nat would have been more connected, like, visually, yes. emotionally. But Alice was actually 
in a weird position in that she was in the center of them a lot physically. But also, mm-hmm. she was like, I, I think I wrote it down when I was watching it. What was it that I called her? Uh, Alice became the middle bottom top. Because yes. she was all around that situation on all sides of it. But she was really topping both of them mm-hmm. in that. And I think that's what she's going to slide into in the actual day-to-day family thruplization or what if there's a word for well, I'm saying like it like I think that something that might actually work for them that might happen with this is Nat and Gigi might stay friends. Mm-hmm. But Alice might be dating Nat and Gigi. Yes. Yeah. I think that Alice Alice's character Alice's character has always been a free spirit, but I've definitely always seen Alice's character as like being polyamorous. Mhm. And I think that that's something we need in this generation of the L word is actual polyamory that's not like cheating. Not the cheating, like fake polyamory. Yeah. And, you know, Alice was our bi character in the original Mm -hmm. series, and she experimented with that to varying degrees of Mm -hmm. horror and success. And I'm wondering now, like, do we see maybe in the future that aspect come into play with this throuple? That's true. It could go anywhere. It could go wild. It could. It definitely could. Girls Gone Wild. All right. <laughs> L word gone wild. When's the last time you thought about Girls Gone Wild? I mean, it used Honestly, to be everywhere. It used to, the commercials used to show up on late night TV all the time. Yeah. I think that guy got in some trouble or something. I honestly, I haven't seen a commercial for it in years. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So I know that's probably the thing I'm most looking forward to with the rest of the show is to see where this. Uh, thruple goes i agree okay. i completely agree all right um something i know we both want to talk about and we're both uh interested in for a couple of reasons is finley and the priest the priest has a name god <laughs> god, oh, god god that yes. was funny I just, <laughs> whoops yes so finley and rebecca i just like finley and the priest it sounds like a i don't know an old movie or something Finney uh, and the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> so Finley and Rebecca. I love, love, love Rebecca, the character. I love the actress that plays her, Olivia Thirlby. We, everyone should know her from Juno. Uh, she was Ellen's, Paige's sidekick friend in there. There's just something like calming about her, serene, and there's not that with Finley. They're a good contrast couple. And I think that and I think that this is why they have them together, is um, Finley needs that. Mm-hmm. Because Finley, like we said, is the train wreck. Finley needs something. Yeah, you're right. She's troublesome. She's a troublesome character um, for me. She's like the uh, the attention-seeking puppy, like the puppy wanting approval. It flies in and out of a scene. Like, almost, I could see, like, you know, the panting and tail wagging on her, basically. Oh. <laughs> I, I had hoped, you know, in the first episode, I was like, is this going to be the character that's going to be this this reboot's Shane? And then I was like, okay, no, that's, it can't be. She's got no cool. Uh, not at all. No cool, no chill. Um, deeper issues, I think, than Shane ever had. So, of course, they've paired her up with the, you know, calming, serene priest character. Which she needs. Mm -hmm. But I think she also needs it for the fact of, it seems, and this is the vibe I got from Finley at the beginning. I was like, something happened (laughs) to Finley. There is something that really hurt Finley. Yeah, I was like, who hurt you? Yeah, for for real. 
And we find out. Yeah. We, at first I thought, because, you know, she had such a problem with it being the priest, I thought it was just the church. I thought it was just a, you know, religious guilt thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we see after uh, kind of the downfall of Rebecca and Finley, Finley calls her family, calls her dad. And we find out that her family basically has nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her sister's getting married. The dad's in the middle of the wedding uh, rehearsal stuff. and Finley pre- had no clue. Yeah, and the dad's like, oh, this happened months ago. I, I thought your sister called you. And, she, and you, you know, so then you, you feel bad because she had annoyed me up to this point and And just being the, the drunk that says the wrong things and you know, running away from stuff and inserting herself into Shane's life and situations. And, um, also it doesn't seem like she does any work at that show except, you know, Alice's show, except she gets coffee and water. Yeah. (laughs) It makes the same money Sophie makes and Sophie's over there working her ass off. Could I please have one of those jobs? I promise I'll bring you more than coffee and water. (laughs) So, so yeah, we, we see that, yeah, she's got like a lot of issues and a lot of issues that a lot of people in our community can identify with. So she's going to, I think, become a more sympathetic character. Um, See, I didn't dislike her like it seems like you. Like, I liked her. No. I was into her character. No, I was not. I don't know. I think it's because I had friends like Finley. Mm-hmm. So I think that because, like, as soon, as soon as I saw her, I could identify something that I had seen in my other friends. I just really liked her because of that. Uh, Beck, I'm old, and I think I'm past the point of patience with those type of friends. <laughs> those look. <laughs> I'm getting there. Doesn't seem like it, but I am. Okay, so she tries to um, um, make amends with that relationship. It doesn't go well. Um, first of all, you know, Rebecca was also asking Finley to come to a dinner party with her friends, and. I just feel like that Rebecca should have been a little more self-aware to know that Finley's not going to fit in with those priests and rabbis <laughs> after she makes the joke about it. Yeah. Well, here's a question. The friends that she was mean, wanted Finley to meet, that wasn't who was at the house when she went there that night, right? Or was it? I thought that was uh, Rebecca's parents. No, they were the friends, I think. I thought they were her parents. The, the two that were sitting, like, with... The one had the back to the camera, and then the other was the guy sitting at the head of the table. Like, the one you couldn't see their face. I thought those were her parents, mm-hmm. and the other guy was her brother. Oh, I didn't get that, but that could be, yeah. That, that's what I got from it, because I thought at first that maybe it was the friends, but then I was like, oh shit, Finley mm-hmm. stood her up. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, Finley wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I don't know what that was. It's all a mess. It's a mess. I think that Finley showing up that night drunk was possibly the worst thing you could have done. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen anyone do. <laughs> she said exactly the wrong thing with the right intention, but to say, you know, oh yeah, I can this you being a priest won't be a problem because you're not a real priest and it's like you immediately saw that effect and you knew this was shut down city. This was going no further. And I like that she stood up and said I need you to leave, you know. She didn't she didn't yell. She didn't push her. She didn't, I would have thrown a punch in there. She didn't. Mm-hmm. She was very good about, she was like, you are not in the right space to be doing this right now. I don't want to deal with this right now. I can't. Mm-hmm. You need to go. I need you to leave. Mm-hmm. And so Finley, you know, drunk and upset, did. Mm-hmm. Came back the next day, 
because could not remember what they said to her, mm -hmm. you should never be that drunk no. and show up to someone's house. On a bicycle or not, don't do that. No. Make that phone call first. Do some intel, some research, uh -huh. figure out what you did and what reception you might get before you go. She yeah. didn't do that. <laughs> and she got there and she expected, you know, she expected so quickly to be forgiven. Mm -hmm. And I think Rebecca does forgive her. Because she sees that they're, like, she's, like, Finley struggling. She knows she, she needs knows. help, but she's not the one to give it. Exactly. Yeah. And she, she knows that, you know, Finley still needs help before they could ever even talk again. And I think they will. I think their relationship will be able to make amends later on, once Finley actually knows what's wrong. Later on, because Finley's now tangled up with Tess. Yeah. Recovering alcoholic Tess, who has now relapsed. relapsed because Shane and Lena slept together. And she wasn't sure about it, but she did the thing where you say something to someone and they put their foot in their mouth and, and confirm for you your fear, which is uh -huh. what happened with her girlfriend. So, also, let's get back to that. Um, Shane comes into the bar and Tess has missed a liquor delivery. Because she was helping Finley. Mm -hmm. And Shane's like, immediately like, hey, you, you can't, this can't happen. You're supposed to be handling these things. Like, you know, like being a boss and jumping down her throat. And I loved that Tess came back with, you fucked my girlfriend. <laughs> Who are you to even, yeah, like, say anything to me? A lot of people had a lot to say about that. Really? A lot of people were very upset that Tess did that. Because that's her boss. Yeah, and I was like, no, 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 no. Tess was in the right yeah. because Shane fucked up. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, but a lot of people like in the, there's a uh, there's a Reddit like uh, theme strand whatever you call it mm -hmm. um, that is all about analyzing each L word episode, mm. like the new ones. And there were a lot of people talking about the way that Tess came for Shane like that. And they were like, that's not okay. You're not allowed to do that to your boss. Well, you're not allowed to do that to your employees either. And Shane came nope. for Tess two times. She came for her with attitude about missing a liquor delivery. And she came and fucked her girlfriend. And she yeah. conveniently, I mean, that would just be a thing that in my mind, if if I was in that situation, I would be the like. Trump card. Yeah, I would be like, hey, yeah, um, do we miss a liquor delivery? And if she says, yeah, but it's okay. She'd be like, okay, well, try, try for it not to happen again. Not like jump down her throat because I know I fucked her girlfriend and I got no, <laughs> I got, I got no room to talk to anybody about non-handling things. So. That's funny. But um, yeah, immediately when that happened, I was like, oh, hell, hell no. Come on now. And then Shane backpedals and says, I'm really, really sorry. And I think she says, I hope I'll be able to make that up to you someday. I'm like, what is that? What's the trade off on that? Are you going to fuck her now too? What's, <laughs> is that, is that. Are you trying to make up that way? I'm not really sure how you can do this. Yeah, I don't know what the makeup <laughs> is there. But so we've got, you know, Tess then starts to spiral mm -hmm. after Shane leaves the bar. And she's in the back office. That lovely, everyone has sex in the back office. Mm -hmm. um, you know, where Shane and her girlfriend were. Mm -hmm. Fun times. Starts trying to call Lena. Lena doesn't answer. She calls again and again and again and again. And she's already said she's struggling with not drinking today. Mm -hmm. She sees that nice little bottle of tequila, mm -hmm. and it's time to go. Mm -hmm. It's on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And so later in the episode, we will see that uh, back at the bar in the evening, and we can tell that Tess is pretty, she's working, but she's pretty well. She's wild. She's she's <laughs> soused. She's dancing around mm-hmm. the bar. There was some great gay bar music playing in there. I don't know what yeah. it was, but it made me really nostalgic for gay bars. <laughs> when yeah. I get that way sometimes because there's just something about that type of music and like that like abandonment dancing that people who are in a safe space do. You know, that's what it is. It's like they're just out there. Dancing. I love that. <laughs> they're just out there in their safe space and can just let it all hang out. It's usually the gay men and it's great. You know, so I felt really nostalgic about that. But then Tess gets behind the bar and who comes in but Finley. I mean, it's just two. It's like two locomotives moving at each other at a fast pace. And you watch and as you know, they're about to crash into each other. Yeah. So shots get poured. Finley comes around to work behind the bar. They're both dancing. And I'm like, oh, boy, bad decisions. They should have called this L word generation bad decisions. It is. Yeah. It's just you sitting there being like, oh, no, that's about to happen. One more thing we've got to touch on um, is Bet's, Bet Porter's affair. That, you mean the bad decision that Bet made? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she always does, though, but it's okay. I love her anyway. That's true. Love her anyway. Um, <laughs> she, so Bet's running for mayor, as we've established, and a fellow interrupts the first press conference that we see Bet at and says, oh, you're Bet Porter. Um, hey, do you remember fucking my wife? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> Which probably a ton of dudes could have come up and said that uh, <laughs> in Bet's history. Know, <laughs> if I was a dude, I wouldn't be ashamed. No. Just let it, let it happen. It's fine. <laughs> so Bet has had a PR nightmare on her hands that she's several of them and she's dodged them she had angie in the private school and she couldn't get the teachers association endorsement and then there's um you know this issue that she was outed as sleeping with a married woman and you know if you're the first lesbian running for mayor those things are going to come up i mean Mm -hmm. you know if it's a if it's a scandal for straight men and straight candidates it's going to be one for you too so there's an equal opportunity for you bet um (laughs) yeah (laughs) so what we then find out, though, is that this affair is not over. I think it had a, yeah. I think it had maybe a pause where it was like, oh, we got to end this. We shouldn't do this. But then Danny, after uh, the appearance, Bet is. And why is Bet in a hotel in her hometown? Why would she just go home? Good question. I mean, L- well, L.A.'s big, but it's not okay. big enough that you can't no, drive I to your house. I think the reason that they were in the hotel is because she was meeting with Felicity. Honestly. I honestly think that's why. I think that's why she was in the hotel. Okay. Because she could not take Felicity back to her house. Right, but... Angie. But be smarter, Bet. Um, get a hotel where the rest of you... Where you didn't just have the event and where your staff is at. Well, I think that maybe she had planned to just talk with Felicity. Mm-hmm. She didn't open that door like she was going to talk. No, she didn't. <laughs> but, but we could hope that sometimes Bet could make an okay decision. So Danny, uh, who has now become like the watchdog for, you know, all decent moral decisions suddenly, um, sees... <laughs> <laughs> she made a really quick turnaround from, you know, covering, covering up the heroin deaths to, to watching Bet Porter's morals. <laughs> 
um, sees Felicity go to the room and the door open and her go inside. And she just like, here's what happened at my house is we saw Bet in the hotel room. We saw Danny upstairs outside and we were like, oh, no, we thought Bet and Danny were going to start up. Oh, oh, no. That's where we immediately went. Stacy, again, who now is in on the show, was like, oh, Bet, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, no, 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 no. That's awful. Well, I mean, she's had a history. You know, the plumber. You're right. You're right, the plumber. So. Oh, God. So now Danny is, uh, basically knows that this thing is still going on and that it's a PR nightmare because Bet has just gone on Alice's show and told the world that this was a mistake, um, that it's definitely over. Um, Alice has also defended bet on her show with another candidate saying i know bet porter and if she says it's over i believe my friend so mm-hmm. lots of people are getting compromised by what bet is doing so felicity is going to be an issue felicity is already an issue <laughs> yes i mean we saw in the episode right after uh you know their night together danny immediately knew what was going on she told bet mm-hmm. hey stop it mm-hmm. and bet's like I don't really want to, but I will. Danny's like, you know what? I'll stop it for you. Yeah. So she goes to stop it, and Felicity's like, but I love her. Mm-hmm. And Danny's like, great. Do that some other time. Mm-hmm. Like, th- not right now. Mm-hmm. And then they immediately plan to, like, meet up. And Felicity then tells her, hey, I got an apartment. We can blah, blah, blah. And if Bet hadn't right there laid down her, like, set down her foot, They'd still be doing the whole shenanigan. Oh, yeah. Because Felicity says to her, like, what am I supposed to do now? You know? Like, which is what every woman should say if Bette Porter's breaking up with you. That's true. <laughs> Where do I go in the world? What do I do? <laughs> I'm I'm a ship at sea What with no port. Yeah. Oh, God. They need to make a club. They'll all just meet up and, like, <laughs> you know, it's fine. Also, we have to mention Bette's outfit. Uh, that she wore that whole day, that she wore at that meeting. The brown suit with the short sleeve suit. Oh, yeah. It looked like she was going to work at a nail salon or something. I agree. It was really bad. It also looked like something that she would have worn in the last show. Yeah, yeah. Way oversized, baggy, Uh rolled up sleeves, jacket was too long. It was a complete train wreck, and she's generally very well put together. Really put together. But it was yeah. it was distracting. Um, so anyway, we have... What have we covered so far? We've covered the things we wanted to cover in this one, right? I think so. We've covered Sophie and Danny. Mm-hmm. What was that this episode? No. Oh, God, now everything's blurry. <laughs> That's not... I'm pointing it... No. Alice, Alice, we have covered the thruple. Mm-hmm. We have covered Finley and Rebecca, and we have covered... Felicity and Bet. Okay. In detail. Yes. I don't think we have enough information about where these other storylines are going to go yet to do anything else. We're on episode five. There's going to be eight uh, total episodes. So I think maybe uh, after two or three more, we come back and revisit and see where we sit with this reboot at the end. Um, after the... And if we think season two is deserved. Didn't it already get renewed? Yes. Okay. So, but, but it's, whether it's it deserved. Whether it's deserved. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, okay. All right. So we should say um, where everyone can find toodaloo. us. Toodaloo. But where, again, <laughs> I've been lectured by, by my wife. We have to say where people can find us and where they can subscribe. Okay. Well, they can find us across all social media 
at Gay Stuff Podcast for our lovely podcast. They can find me across all social media at Tiny Gay Cookie, and they can find you at Butch and Sissy uh, on social media and the website uh, butchandsissy.co. You can also listen to the podcast on that website, or you can go to Anchor, uh, Spotify, iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, anywhere. Um, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe. Uh, if you have comments, leave those too. We'd love to hear. Mm-hmm. All right, Beck, we'll have another episode of L Word to look forward to this weekend. Um, I'm sure there's some more queer content we're going to have to come up with <laughs> and, and take a little break from this one. But it was really good to talk to you about this because there's been so much going on and I've watched them two or three times now. And uh, this was fun. It needs to be unpacked. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.